Hey, good morning, folks. It is Wednesday. Must be November 6, 11 6. 11 6. And it's 8 23 in the morning, and the days are getting shorter, as in shorter hours of daylight. And we have an unusual day in Arizona. So, for those of you who have not lived in Arizona, we had a rain. We had rain from uh, six in the morning to about seven, and the skies are clearing. And it's 64 degrees, 51 percent humidity because of the rain. There's a little bit of dampness in the air, and that'll give you a dew point of 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Dew point. It's a little chilly. I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt and shorts, you know, and uh, <clears throat> walking the bud. Yeah, yeah. So yesterday's uh, American Dream thing came up. Um, and we're now going to call it the Internet Dream. Global, baby. You are global. You're the hero. You podcast listeners. On the cutting edge, the front edge of everything. <laughs> and I'm just a guide to the guide. You know? And uh, so what? Do, maybe walking the dog podcast, is, is it deeply philosophical? Is this whole thing like, you know, we put so much preparation into things? I mean, we, you know, we, we prepare and we stress over things. We get all anxious. And some of you entrepreneurs out there are already like, you know it. You just got it. It's the uh, clock hits whatever the top of the hour. You are on. You are leading you're leading a conversation with people and you do a great job of it. That's your thing. And I, th I imagine the, if you look back at the, your very beginning, you probably thought, you know, got all this preparation, got nervous, and you probably prepared a lot of information and maybe even had a mini script or something. But once you start interacting with people, you know, it's, a, it's about listening and connecting with people. And we're, we're amazing uh, people out there. And, I, and some of this uh, things, it's just let's elevate every human's, and it's not even potential. It's like, it, it's like the potential is massive. A spark can take you in many directions. And it's there, so... So yeah, welcome to the buddy's owner, Arizona Schnoodle Walks. And we're walking. Good morning. You are a guest on my podcast right now. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm letting it out. Look at that. She's had the shock look like on the podcast. Of course, she wasn't. She's I got to let that sink in maybe seven times if I see her, right? Then maybe she'll ask me, well, what podcast is that? And then I'll be embarrassed to tell her. <laughs> I'll be embarrassed to tell her. This is a pretty transparent podcast. So in the abundance mentality, the share the love concept, I'm growing. I, I, I'm not here as an expert on this stuff, right? And 
I, I love Gaussian distribution curves. So probably there's some people that are really outliers in that thing, and they're really great at it, and which is great, you know. And I'm just moving stepper closer. Like, just keep going. Get better. Get better every day. So that, that mind shift of the Gaussian distribution curve helps me in, in many ways. And it, and it kind of uh, surfaced that idea of the micro harmony and or mark micro harmonious. It's those moments that you're going to have today. You, you, if you just put a little bit of attention on your micro harmony, you, any interaction you have with any human being, you look them in the eye and it just that instantaneous second of empathy for them, you know, and just, you know, whether it's like, I can't find my toothbrush, you know, or where's my socks or I'm out of gas in this car. You know? And those are your moments of being a hero. So maybe it's micro heroic. We'll just go with the micro theme, micro heroes. So you can just enjoy the micro heroes. And uh, maybe that's what Jesus talked about when he meant the abundant life. The abundant life is those micro hero moments where you get to interact with somebody else. And... uh, increase their joy or multiply i'll give a shout out to this um liz wiseman she wrote a book called multipliers and really for the ceos out there and entrepreneurs and you work with um freelancers or however you're running your business that multiplier thing is amazing it's a good book and it's kind of you already have it if you're an entrepreneur you probably have it and you're doing well at it and so I don't, the book is just kind of confirming what you already know inside. It just gives you language. So I'm kind of really buying into this uh, Rob Bell, like naming it, right? So Liz Wiseman names it Multiplier, which um, is, she does great speeches. It's a couple years old now, but you can see YouTube videos if you want to listen to her description of the book and the concept. And... Uh, yeah, she, she's uh, worked at Oracle Learning. So she's big into learning and growth of individuals and people. So it's great. Very compassionate, smart woman. And she's done great with that. I mean, she's really, that's her brand. She's very good. She's a multiplier. And she loves the concept of multipliers. And that's kind of describes the workplace to some extent, right? You got these, the opposite of the multiplier is a diminisher. So we've worked with people that are diminishers. And if I, if I throw on my Gaussian curve to everything, you know, so there's not a perfect multiplier. There's great ones, you know, multipliers, right? And then there's, there's not black and white diminishers either. There's elements of diminishing that comes up. So as you run your business and you have to, you know, work with more and more people, you know, it's the classic herding cats concept, which is humorous, but I like to, what, what's a deeper, uh, deeper concept behind herding cats, right? It's kind of a, a flippant comment. And this is probably why, why, I have, why I have trouble with emojis 
because to me, like um, herding cats, is kind of like a verbal emoji. It's like, well, what does that mean? You know, what does it really mean to herd cats? It's like this assumption, like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about, herding cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's life, man. It's tough, herding cats, and it's because the human um, personality, the hermit, human brain. It's a human concept. We're all the summation of all of our previous experiences. So a lot of us haven't had great experience in the past. And those with good ones are blessed with the opportunity to share that with others. Good morning. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of walkers out here. This is that time of year for us. This is like our springtime here. Where people are getting out of our hibernation. And you don't get that in the rest of the U.S. I don't know if there's another spot. Maybe Florida. But uh, we're more familiar with Florida's weather. and, and uh, So they don't talk about it. There, there's, there's been people living in Florida for a couple hundred years. Ponce de Leon. A couple hundred years down there. But Arizona, we're dry heat. So I did talk to the gentleman from uh, Florida. He, he, once I commented about how we're in Arizona, we feel like this is our coming out, coming out time. Um, yeah, he, Flor, Floridians have a similar experience too. It's just they don't talk about it because there's a lot more of them. <laughs> so they figure, yeah, everybody knows this. We already know this, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, multipliers, diminishers, as you're entrepreneuring your business and growth and adding people, they're cats, they're individuals, and it's quite a skill to help multiply your, your people, you know, and, uh, every cat responds differently to different things. So I used to have a thing in the 70s called situational leadership. Situational leadership. Kind of focused on where is the the person you're wanting to lead, where are they at? And there's like four quadrants, four quadrants, and a good framework. And I I forget sometimes how how many people are have used frameworks. Like I was listening to a podcast. Um, where one of my listeners was asked to um, to be on the podcast, and I hadn't seen it in a while. It was back from six months ago. But because I care about this person, I find them fascinating, and I feel like I get value out of what they have to say. I watched the podcast, and she started talking about the Colby Index, and how she's a quick start. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, maybe that's why I resonate. Because I'm a super quick start as well. And definitely not an organizing thing. So I'll make a commitment on the podcast. I need to, I really need to, to stick to this. But my desk in my office is a freaking mess. I've got papers, mail, stuff, envelopes I haven't opened yet. Probably bills in there. And I'm in this combo stage where almost all my bills I pay electronically. 
but sometimes they slip through the cracks and I've had this problem where I canceled a credit card. So billings got off track. So I have to go retrace that and fix it. So yeah. So Colby index being like methodically organized is not my thing. And do you think I've known that for many, many years? Yeah, I've known that. And have I struggled to try to be better at it? Yeah, I have. And I just keep going back to mess. So I'll probably, if I do my commitment and spend 15, 20, 15 minutes, half hour cleaning up my mess that's that's collected over, I don't know, four months maybe. So I probably let it get out of hand starting four months ago. So I got like four months worth of crap and I'll probably have bills from July in there and go like, oh, paid that already. But there's an envelope on my desk. So this is full transparency. This is this is a reality of what I am like. And so distribution curve, am I like the worst person on the curve? Eh, probably not. I'm probably down there. I'm not, I'm below average, way below average. So my message to myself is, okay, you can make some improvement. You can do this. Maybe I should put it on a calendar. Oh man, am I not a calendar person? <laughs> I just, I wing everything. I'm not hyper, hyper organized. In fact, I got a, a coffee meeting at 4.30 this afternoon with somebody. And I'm like, uh, we scheduled it like months ago and or we talked about doing it. And then last week I got acceptance. And then she's like, how's 4.30? And I'm like, okay, 4.30, where? And I hadn't heard, you know, where it makes a little difference, right? So my little snarky comment this morning was, yeah, hey, uh, it's Wednesday morning. Uh, we're going to meet at 4.30 today. I hope you weren't planning on having coffee in Sedona or something, right? That's a lot. <laughs> I mean, if she wanted to have coffee in Sedona at 4.30, if that's what it would take. Because I, I, I think she's a fascinating person for me to network with, right? And and, as, and what is networking? It's got to be two-way, right? So, um, gosh, I, gotta, I think I wear people out, too. Am I wearing you out? I don't know. It's, I could be wearing So I'm trying to be really conscientious of the other person. And really, she's got a fascinating story. In fact, I'll probably recommend, ask her if she wants to write a book about her life. Because I know someone that could help her write a book. And maybe that would help build her back-end business. She's already got a business. It's just consulting. And she does fascinating stuff. Like she goes to Europe. She is, I think she's Polish. Yeah, she's Polish. Went to school in Zurich. Zurich. So we can speak a little German together. Although I don't think she, she probably prefers to speak French, French, French. <laughs> or really Polish, but I don't know any Polish. I know zero Polish. I know two words in Russian. And Ashtaroshna, uh, I love that one. That's like, hurry up, get busy or something like that. Let's go. Ashtaroshna, man. Or watch out, man. Ashtaroshna, watch out. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm like, well, this is how organized I am. I'm like, and, but, and then I think, well, am I assuming on the distribution curve, she's like 
super organized, like, because I know I suck at it, right? So I know I'm below average. So I'm assuming everybody's better than me at organizing stuff. But maybe she's, maybe she's exactly like me. Like, oh yeah, let's get together at 430. And in her head, she's thinking like, you know, a coffee shop near wherever she lives. And I think she lives on the west side of Phoenix, which is like an hour drive from here. But I know she spends a lot of time at ASU and things, which is closer to me. She's like 20 minutes away. So I'm hoping we can meet 20 minutes away. So I did what I probably should have done originally is just say, hey, how about we meet here? Is that okay with you? And so that's what I did this morning. I said, unless you have another place to meet, how about this one? So we'll see what happens. And I'm not stressing about it. I'm walking the dog, right? Walking the dog, enjoying it. This is so different than I was 30 years ago. So there's evolution, people. Evolution. So I can remember being 35 and just so intense. You know, if you think I'm intense now, (laughs) I'm intensely in my head. Intensely. I got to get out of my head. So, um, yeah, if you think I'm kind of intense now, which a lot of people do, it's like, man, you really dig deep. So think about that when I was 35, it was pretty intense as well. But I loved it because I was in Germany and I was like absorbing. I was so stimulated by my surroundings and I was just into it. I was like, wow, that house is over there. Oh, cool, man, what's going on? Man, what was this place like 1945? You know, what was going on around here? Just... That's, that's what I do. And uh, that's my journey. And you have yours. And it's not going to be like mine. And mine's not better than yours. Maybe it's worse. It's probably worse on the distribution curve. So, and again, um, the distribution curve is a shape, a form, a concept, but you can apply anything to it. You can say like, like I said before, like height, I'm an outlier. I'm way up there for American men. I'm like in the top half a percent of the distribution. So there's that. Now kindness and um, perceived empathy. How about that? I just came up with a new term, (laughs) perceived my my perceived empathy is like really low it's on the distribution curve right so if you look if you look at the distribution curve my perceived empathy is uh, way below average but i'm getting better and i'm i'm being more conscious of it my actual empathy is i think is pretty high it's like way above average i think is my my uh, internal empathy or true empathy here you know so the perceived empathy is low so that kind of pisses people off but then is that me being coy like testing so like here i'm going to show you some low empathetic non-verbals and externals and say some batshit crazy stuff but maybe i do that out of habit for some reason which uh, probably requires a therapist or something. (laughs) So I have this 
perceived empathy of like zero low, but my real empathy is high. So what is that? I don't know what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of processing this, right? Again, this is not a, a pre thought out podcast. And I hope you enjoy that really. I mean, probably drives you nuts, but it is what it is. So perceived empathy, my real empathy. Um, and so I, I, uh, Maybe it's because I just like to argue or something. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to, hey, look, I'm not empathetic at all. I'm pissing you off. And then I rope a dope you and like, oh, but wait, no, I really am empathetic. Damn it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just totally made up this concept. It's probably a pretty good one, though. Psychologists might like it. Therapists might like that. I, I think therapists need more Gaussian distributions. Because I tell you, this is like my self-therapy because the black and white thinking, the all or nothing thinking, that that has been a struggle my whole life. You know, it's like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, 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 I'm not good enough for that. I like black, black, oh, white. Oh, this person's great. Oh, yeah, they're great. I suck. They're great. I suck. No, it's a distribution. I'm just not. Yeah, they're probably better at that than I am. And that's OK. It's OK. So what am I really good at? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> as my friend made me that maybe that comment made me think of my friend in Vegas. Maybe I shouldn't assume he's my friend. I know he is. He still talks to me, but he won't talk to me while I'm walking my dog. He doesn't want to doesn't want to talk to me while I'm walking Bud. But um, yeah, yeah, he said I'm like, oh yeah, you walk your dog. The greatest, greatest dog walker out there. So I do. And it's like I say, it's because I'm not, unfortunately, I work at home or not working, one of those two. And we do want this non working thing to end. And maybe it will next week. So I got to keep the funnel full, though. You know, I'm not, I'm not uh, sticking to my one opportunity right keep multiple opportunities and you entrepreneurs up there you're all all about the funnel right oh it's all about the funnel man if getting a job was was only as simple as creating a funnel get the get the hiring manager's email address and pummel them with messages about how great you are right yeah yeah a little different marketing not sure what it is. I don't have my finger on the pulse, but uh, yeah, I'm doing that. I really would like this to be my last job that I have to go find. They, you know, or maybe you know, another way to look at it is it's my last like full time employment job, and I want to do great at it. You know. I'm, I'm optimistically thinking, yeah, I can do this. Okay, I'm going to do this. And because uh, I know enough. what? How much more do I have to know? And uh, so we're going to give it a roll, man. We're going to give this a whirl. If it comes through. And we'll see what else comes up. But eventually, it's not, it's not a, I can't escape looking for business, so to speak, looking for business. Because really, that's the side hustle entrepreneurialism is 
serving people and each person is a customer. Each person's a customer, so I will probably always be looking for customers. And uh, and yeah, so I don't know if I lost a train of thought anywhere. Um, I, I like the micro harmony. I guess maybe I'll go back to that because that's still an evolving phrase. Micro harmonious. I like the concept. Because microaggression is just like, I mean, as soon as you hear, oh, microaggressions, it's like, what? It's like, oh, somebody said something and pissed off somebody. You know, it's like, oh, you're you're a Trumper or, oh, you're a never Trumper. Oh, microaggression, microaggression. So I don't like microaggressions. I don't want to, you probably, it's like, it's a label that somebody puts on something somebody else does. It's like, well, uh, they did this and that, you know, triggered me and back to the triggered commentary because of their microaggression. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to like turn the whole thing around. Like, okay, let's get away from microaggressions. We need some kind of micro harmony or something or mic- micro empathy or something. So I sent the, I sent the brainstorming off to Dubbo, Australia, and we'll let Carrie, Carrie play with it a bit. She might, she's a pretty verbal person. She's pretty verbal. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm not outsourcing it, but I'm like willing to share the development of the name it. We're going to name this thing. And, and more importantly than naming it, we probably want to put it into practice, whatever it is. And I think I've communicated what, what I mean by what the action is. It's just how do we interact with people and how do we talk to them? And, and Carrie has her book called Do Talk to Strangers. And uh, that starts when you, if you're going to talk to a stranger, it really starts with a micro, micro harmony or something. You know, you're, you're showing interest in the other person. You're empathetic. You're engaging with them somehow in a micro way in a microwave so and it's like those uh, micro commitments sometimes they talk about in sales and marketing if you can just connect with a, a client customer in a micro way it opens them up in their brain science of selling into a little more of a listening mode or considering mode so micros, micros. Thinking big is thinking small, maybe. You know? Somebody's probably said that somewhere. Thinking big is thinking small. Micros. <laughs> so, there is some big value there. I don't know. Use it. Use it for how you like. Use it in your your own heroic journey. Micro, micro heroes. You're going to be a hero multiple times. If you think about it, you're probably going to be a, a hero if you frame it that way, like 10 to 20 times today. You're going to have like these little micro hero journeys all day long. Can you overcome? Overcome something. And you're doing it. And we don't communicate or discuss it because we haven't. it hasn't been discussed before. But I think you are. Micro heroic all day long, multiple times. Every interaction is an opportunity to 
be a micro hero and a micro guide to someone else. So what do we call that? Taking stacking successes as one football coach said, to stack successes. And people make fun of that expression, but you know, I think in our daily lives, stacking success. So maybe I consider, if I consider cleaning my desk, a micro success, that'll be a micro hero thing. And I have to overcome some um, resistance in that. side because I'm going to start opening up an envelope and go, hmm, what do I need to do with that? Oh, did I pay that? Oh, I think I paid that. Oh, let's go online and find out. So then I get distracted into going online. So some of you are already screaming at me like, no, don't do that. Don't do <laughs> Don't open up the envelope and look at it. Just decide and put it in a pile like to do. There's that, that training they have on uh, um, get things done, you know. And the, the people that are like masters of the get things done concept, they're great at it. I've taken it. So like, what's my problem? It's like, it's just not my nature to do it. And so, okay, so I'll try a little bit of practice, micro, micro journey on organizing. And uh, maybe I can just like, okay, pile this, this, this envelope looks like I need to look at it. And if I can think about throwing it away, I'll just throw it away. Open it, throw it away. Dealt with, throw it away. You know? and let's clean my desk off because I've got some serious writing to do in the next couple weeks. Actually, shit, maybe it's next week. No, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Because what am I, a driven to distraction guy? And if I do, I somehow I think if I do like eight distracted things, I'll probably, two of them will be like really important and I'll get those done anyway. But I'll do six other ones that are just like fun because I want to, don't we all want to have fun, right? So, <laughs> and maybe that, that's why I need to be energetic. I need to be in my head because I don't get stuff out of my head. Yeah, more self-therapy here. And those of you listening are probably like, duh, no kidding. But you're different than I am, right? So this is insight into other people. And we just don't get it sometimes. So I did sit down with the Lutheran pastor, changing gears quite a bit. And I got the introductory booklet on Lutheranism, whatever that means. Yeah. So I started reading it and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's like right into facts. Like maybe it's supposed to be a reference book and you, when you're in the class, people talk to you and give you stories. So Maybe I should give them a break. But the actual written materials are like, whoa, whoa, dude. If I was like totally new and knew nothing, and I'm I'm right into some details, I'm like, really? Wow. It needs to be like a softer, softer, more story brand introduction to, to the material. So maybe I should volunteer to write that myself and see what the guy thinks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but 
but it's just so um, transactional, I guess I would say, you know, transactional Christianity. There's a term. I don't know if I've used that before, but maybe that's what we have a lot of transactional Christianity versus relational Christianity. And, um, gee, did I just stumble on something? Did I just marinate into something? And I, I dropped these out to um, the listener, like to you listening, and you're probably, hopefully you're like going, yes, oh, wow, great concept. You know? So And so I, I get these things. I'm, I'm sticking, I'm still processing the micro harmony, but now I just introduced a new term to me. Now this is the trick too. It's like, it's a new term to me, transactional Christianity, transactional faith. And it's, that's what it looks like to me when I open up this book on the pastor from the Lutheran church. And I'm, that's my reaction. And because it's new to me and the guy's a new person to me and he's not trying to manipulate me or tell me what, how to live my life. He's just a listener. I'm not, I'm not trying to challenge them or take them on. But the other church, I'm so ingrained with the, the style. And, um, you know, so I'm more critical of the other people that I spent 20 years with. And, I, you know, on the one hand, I feel kind of stupid about it because, like, well, I chose to do that. I own it. On the other hand, I feel like I've learned a lot from it. So, you know, and, it's, and the, the goal isn't to, like, skewer these people. Hey, good morning. So, so yeah. Um, just can, those people had a little confused look on their face as I was walking by them and talking. Like, what's that guy doing? Oh, he's on the phone. He's on the phone. Yeah. So transactional Christianity. Yeah. That's how it kind of comes across to me. And uh, that's okay. So room for improvement. And, uh, yeah, knowledge again, lots of knowledge, lots of information. And probably I'm conditioned myself into the mentality of, of Paul. And I'm also conditioned myself and overwhelm myself with, um, Martin Luther and the printing press the whole distribution of information. So in other words, today it's so easy to get out a laser printer, you know, get on a a Word document and start typing in a bunch of facts and make it look presentable. And, and, you know, and the person's mind is creating a system of information exchange. And it's because of the tools we have now. You know, you can do that on a word processor, bang out all these words, make it look somewhat presentable, but it comes across in factoid manner, not in story manner. So it's a little emphasis on the facts and information and not on the relationship. Relationship with people, relationship with God. And... uh, so, yeah, so I'm not like 
flippant because it's a new thing and they don't deserve my uh, angst. So, so, so I'm humble. So new, new people, new levels of humility. How's that? <laughs> I'm so self-aware of, my, of myself. I'm so self-aware. Uh, yeah, I'm still puzzled by that commentary about my level of real self-awareness. Because I, and that again, that maybe it's Gaussian. I mean, I don't know. Where am I on the Gaussian curve? Am I am I truly an outlier, and is it important? Yeah. Maybe it's not that important, but what does it say to me? What, how can I take that and make it useful for others? Right? My calling, my my purpose is for us all, myself included, to enjoy the life we have. And I guess we're so conditioned as youth, getting off track of things. Well, and it's part of our nature, too. We talk about the kids wanting toys and grabbing stuff, being coveting and covetousness. So, coveting, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, greed, I think, is to me, is just basically coveting. It's, I don't believe there's a Ten Commandments about greed. But there is the Tenth Commandment about coveting. So I would say, I'm pretty sure that it's not that far of a stretch to just say that greed is purely coveting, just a coveting. And Paul, Paul struggled with that. And we probably all do. We're all on the distribution curve. Where are you on the distribution of coveting? And do we have enough? You know. Well, it's good to have goals and grow. And and those odd things. This is like King David, who was like the king, right? You'd think the top guy. He was in the top one percent or whatever of wealth probably and yet the the experiences we have of flying around the globe like i mean david didn't even he probably thought the earth was flat you know and so in many respects the millions of people that board airplanes every one of them every day has more wealth and benefits than king david Right? It's just perspective. So coveting hurts us when we look around us in this moment. And uh, knowing that Jeff Bezos can just call up the hangar in Seattle and get in his Gulfstream 650ER and, and fly to Singapore nonstop. <laughs> it's pretty easy, right? Just, uh, Jeff feels like, oh, I'm going to go to dinner in Singapore tomorrow. So get the plane ready. We're going. That's pretty nice. And do we need to covet that, you know, or celebrate? I cel- let's, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that uh, 
Jeff can do that. And maybe Jeff calls up Howard Schultz at Starbucks up in Seattle and says, hey, you want to come? And then Howard says, hey, let's get Bill. Let's get Bill Gates. Yeah, okay. Uh, do you want to get Elon Musk? Nah, he's an asshole. I hate that guy. No, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Howard Schultz, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. Some dude that started Twitter, which basically, <laughs> maybe that guy should be shot for creating Twitter. <laughs> what is the freaking value? It's like the bathroom wall of the internet. That's what I would call it. It's like you go into the bathroom and people write crap on the wall. You remember from high school, right? Maybe, I mean, maybe it's a guy thing. So Twitter is kind of like that, the bathroom stall of the internet. Who can? I just go on there for fun and and, and language and um, and skill of, of tweaking people a little bit, you know. But it helps me with I think with my my language. It's like going to the gym. Go on Twitter, exercise your verbal abilities. 140 characters. And best recommendation is to create yourself a a phony persona. Because it's like, I don't understand why people think that's a bad thing. There's some kind of like, they just invented Twitter, like what, less than 10 years ago or something. And so all of a sudden, like people think they know, like, well, the proper Twitter etiquette, like who cares? Who decided that? <laughs> well, you, you shouldn't really just make up a, uh, what's the term for that? A phony character or a, there's a there's a word for it. Um, somehow it's it's just it's just looked down upon by the masses. Like oh, it's just a phony account, and they get into that trolling thing. Like oh, just a troll. That guy's just a troll. It's a troll account. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I need a troll account. I don't consider it a troll account. I consider it free expression. And, and self-protecting, protecting myself because uh, people put way too much importance on comment. Like the, talked about that before, Roseanne Barr <laughs> collapsed an entire TV show that had probably impacted 100 people from one freaking tweet. Now, how logical is that? Zero logic. But the thought police were all over it. The attribution bias, people love it. Attribution bias. So a little bit of repeat of subjects. But sometimes we need to have these subjects sink in more, right? And uh, so microharmony, transactional Christianity, certainly certainly Apollos and his, uh, what do I call it, the teaching accurately, about Jesus is what we have a lot of that going on right now. A lot of accuracy about Jesus. And you think I repeat stuff over and over. Just think about these churches repeating repeating everything every Sunday. Repeat. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. So redundant philosophy. I thought I, I uh 
the other day I was talking about Noam Chomsky, or as I affectionately call him, Chump, Chump Chomsky. So totally looks at all data through his own lens of uh, bias, which, okay, if people would just admit that uh, everybody does that, then you can evaluate the fundamentals. What's the lens they're looking through, right? And uh, coincidentally, one of the listeners did a lot of academic editing. It sounds like she got sick of that just because it was all spin. I think she made a comment about that one time. That that's all academics is. You start out with a conclusion and then write everything and shape all the facts you want to support your already conceived conclusion. That gets kind of, when you see the formula, it gets kind of boring on how to do that. So now we're into the heart. I love the expression she had. It's quite great, actually. Don't get overwhelmed by facts and things, but we have hearts to set a fire with our words. So amazing. And it, it takes some thought about that expression because... The natural inclination for most of us is like, what do you mean? Ignore the facts. What do you mean facts? Well, there can be a hundred facts that are irrelevant to something. So you may want to ignore some of the irrelevant facts and go right to the heart. Let's get right to the heart of living and loving people, being harmonious and uh, and uh, living. So we're coming to the end of the podcast here because Bud is ready to go home. Right, Bud? What are you doing? Why are we over here, Bud? Um, and I enjoyed it. I think there were some gems in there for you. There was some value in this podcast for you. And uh, yeah. I respect you listening. You have a big brain. You can figure this stuff out. Figure. I'm sharing thoughts, and I think you can put them together in a way that benefits you in a, in a way. So, so there you go, folks. May you have a wonderful experience listening to this podcast, listening to one of the 8 billion people, soon to be 8 billion people on the planet, the, the uh, population explosion, which fortunately we have no control over. But Soylent Green was made in 1973 and talked about 2020. So the science fiction there was... I think it was Bert, no, not Chuck, what was his name? <laughs> Chuck, oh, I forgot. It wasn't Bert Lancaster, it was the other guy. Charlton Heston, there you go. Soylent Green. So, we haven't reached that point. We haven't gotten to Soylent Green. Although some probably think about it. But it's time for a remake, I recommended a actor I know and his father to 
come out with a screenplay for the remake of Silent Green. An updated version. And uh, Soylent Green is people. It's you. You are Soylent Green. <laughs> but it's okay. You know? Yeah. So grace to you and peace. And may you find some mercy in your life as well. Have a great one. Bye-bye.